Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network. I am your host, Tim McKernan, along with executive producer John Seymour, videographer Nick Yale, and our special guest today for a podcast people have actually been asking for, a master's preview with Jennings Randolph Jr. Jay, good morning, sir. Good morning, my friend. I think we should probably do this for all four majors. I am looking forward to it. I am so golf nerdy now. I've gone from being totally disengaged to watching the drive, chip, and putt competition with 10-year-olds uh, hitting 170-yard drives down the middle. And, and that, that's where I have gone in less than two years. You definitely have the bug, uh, which is great. Uh, I think it's awesome. I, I love it. I remember our round last uh, summer at Bell Reeve as you prepped for this year's PGA Championship. I mean, it's a unique time, let's be honest, in this game uh, with all the young talent uh, sprinkled in with some veteran players and then two legends in, in Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. It's all on track to be a great week at Augusta. One of the things that I've, I've been reading quite a bit going into this, now some of this is my daily fantasy sports interest and we'll certainly spend some time not necessarily on the algorithms and all of that, but things that you, if you were putting together teams, what you would weigh uh, as far as important statistics to track when people do want to put teams together or make bets on the Masters. But one of the things that I've been reading, and you've experienced this, so before getting into picks, um, it's it's in interviews with players, I saw this both on the Golf Network and some articles, people say that going to Augusta National, and this is players, it's hyped up, and so often with things that are hyped up, it doesn't live up to it. And all of these golfers said somehow the round actually was better than all of the hype. What can you tell us, as you have been there and have experienced it, what can you tell us uh, who have not been able to go to Augusta National? As I've told people before, there there's no justice that I could do. I'm not I'm not that qualified with words to describe what it's like. Um, somebody right now is walking in the gates at Augusta National for the first time for the Masters tournament, and, and their eyes are just getting wider and wider. There's there's no way to describe the green setting, 
the 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 cleanliness, um, the way in which it, truly I think the fans conduct themselves there, the patrons as they like to call them. Uh, the one thing that stands out I think for everybody that first time, Tim, is the change in elevation mm-hmm. when you look like at the T from ten down. When you look how much of a hill it is up eighteen, uh, the fact that, that that you know they don't gouge you on the the refreshments or on the merchandise. It's just a unique tournament. I mean, the U.S. Open is a tremendous event. So is the British Open. I was lucky enough to go to all four in two thousand. And there's nothing like being able to just walk up at St Andrews and give twenty dollars and walk in and see the British Open like I did in, in two thousand. But because it's at the same place, because you remember shots, you remember hole locations. Mm-hmm. It just is a different feeling. And uh, you know, I, two things when I people are down, I look at them and I say, just think, some kid is riding Space Mountain for the first time today, and somebody's going to go to the Masters for the first time, and they're going to be smiling. It's a, it's a unique spot, and I can't wait till you get there. I know your dad's had the opportunity to get there. Um, I've never played it. I've been there uh, for eight Masters, and I was lucky enough to call the Masters in 2007. And uh, growing up in St. Louis, I got to tell you, and and maybe partly was my dad, but I was kind of a USGA guy, and the U.S. Open was my thing. But when I went down to South Carolina in Columbia, which is about an hour and 20 minutes away from Augusta, uh, we drove down. It was, I can remember the day just so vividly because it was the the final game of the NCAA tournament at Kemper Arena between the Jayhawks and the Sooners. Uh, that yeah, evening. 1988. And Yep, and that day, me and three college teammates drove down, parked on the side of the road, and it cost us 20 bucks to walk in the Masters. Now, all that's changed, but it was a unique day in 1988 for me. Wow. So you haven't had a chance to play it, but you've called Uh. seven Masters, been on site for seven of them, called the 2007 Masters you made reference to. Which one is the most signature Masters that you were in attendance for? Oh, well, I mean, being able to broadcast uh, Zach Johnson winning the tournament was was certainly huge. And my dad was on the television call in 1968 at at hole 14 with Byron Nelson. So that that was obviously huge. But again, going back to the the first time, um, because, you know, you, you you've. You've watched it. I'd watched it my whole life. I'd heard people talk about it. Some of the guys I was going to had been there, and I'm like, "What am? I, what's it going to be like?" They're like, "You'll see. You'll you'll see." And it's kind of one of those deals. You'll see. So that first one, and then the one in 2007 certainly stick out to me. So for people, and, and this is almost uh, for for my own interest, but but I know a lot of other people feel this way. For people who want to go. It's so tough to get a ticket, number one. And then, number two, where do you stay? Tend to those two questions for me. This is, this is both for me and for plenty in the audience who I know want to go. When Mark Carnivale and I, the Rookie of the Year, covered the event in 2006 for XM, we stayed at a Best Western that normally the rate per night was thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> It was two hundred and fifty nine dollars a night at the be- and I mean it was a best western folks um, I mean you know if you're lucky enough to have the wherewithal to get 
private housing, if you will, or or stay in a home. That's the best way to do it. That's what we did in 2007. I know a lot of people stay in Aiken, South Carolina. I know a lot of people stay in Columbia, South Carolina. There's some people that even make the drive back to Atlanta and then go back each morning. How far is it from so Atlanta? It's two and a half hours. Wow. Um, and, and it's a, it's a drive. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, you almost have to luck out. There's some people that just say, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. I'm going to spend, you know, $10,000 and do it that way. Um, there's, there's no perfect way to do it unless you've got, I mean, the perfect way is a home and clubhouse badges and all that, but that's for a select few, as you know. Yeah, the uh, the home thing would be ideal, but uh, realistically, it's not. It's not like you have that option uh, it, 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 because there are just aren't that many. And then, secondly, there aren't that many hotels, which lead to the Best Western going for for two fifty a night. <laughs> uh, so, as far as getting tickets, what about the ticket side of it? Because that's that's not easy either. No, that that y- y- you either have to know somebody um, who who either gets tickets or has access to tickets. Um, or you've got to spend. And I've, I've noticed, you know, the, the, the Masters is also watches very closely, uh, more so than any other golf event, how their tickets are being used. And they do not like seeing them on StubHub. Uh, and in fact, if somebody gets caught, uh, I saw a, tw- a Twitter the other day from uh, a tweet from Darren Rovell, a, a letter to somebody that had tickets that told them we were taking them away because you are selling them in an environment we do not want you to. I've been very fortunate because the 1968 Masters champion, Bob Golby, uh, you know, I don't, Senior and I don't bug him every year. <laughs> you know, it's usually a three to five year period and and you know maybe i can grab two for tuesday or Mm -hmm. two for wednesday i mean it's it's really tough unless you're going to spend the money or know somebody who has the tickets now what's interesting is if you're a member of the pga of america uh, a golf pro if you will at a local club or a driving range or a golf course superintendent tim you can get in to the masters absolutely free Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's 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 in fact it's why some of the people do everything they can to keep their accreditation in the PGA of America. But uh, that's a thing that not many people know about. I saw the uh, head pro at uh, Old Hickory in St. Louis. Brett Moomy said you know, on Monday. Uh, he said in the morning I'm thinking about driving down to Augusta, and lo and behold, he did. Just so he could go in for a day. God, God bless him. Now, what about media credentials? Could that be a way I could get in there? Could could maybe Doug, the cat, and I host uh, the Ryan Kelly Morning After from Butler's Cabin? Would they would they accommodate that? I don't think we could get in the cabin. Um, I, 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 it's my understanding that hopefully in the next couple of years, there may be a gentleman from St. Louis that, uh, at one time had a very prominent role with the United States Golf Association that may become a member of the club. If that happens, I do think you and I, <laughs> and maybe the cat and Doug could get credentialed. Wow. But, you know, I also know a lot of people that have had credentials and have lost them. Um, and, and usually when you get one, you kind of have to screw up to not 
get invited back. But it's it's a unique deal, and and uh, you know now I, with the new media center, it's just it's unbelievable. It's like a it's like a boys' school. It's it's massive. Yeah, people don't understand, and why would they? But from the media standpoint, usually, if anything, media rooms, media seating get shipped off to the worst spot possible. But Augusta just built a brand new media center and it's, it, it does, it does look kind of like a private boys school. That's, that's what it looks like in the pictures. <laughs> and it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I was stunned that they did that actually, but they went out of their way to accommodate in the finest of fashion. Well, and that's the one thing they do uh, pull off every time. Uh, everything is top-notch. I mean, there's just no uh, ifs, ands, or buts about it. They, they they make it the way that they want it, the master's way. And, uh, you know, money is not necessarily an issue. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I think they spent $40 million, is what I was told, on that media center. $40 million on a media center. That's unreal. That's unreal. Jay Randolph <laughs> Jr. is the guest. We're talking Masters. We'll get into the 2018 Masters here momentarily. I'm Tim McKernan, your host, and I am in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I was literally just last week on the phone with Ryan Kelly talking to him about refinancing. The time is now to do it. And uh, one of his great staff members sent over the numbers late last week, and we're going to consider which way to go here momentarily. All you have to do is go online at thehomeloanexpert.com. You can click on purchase, you can click on refinance, and then you can get your numbers. It's that easy. There's a reason why Ryan Kelly continues to grow. That's because of first-class customer service and the fact that five minutes can save you $500. Why not go to thehomeloanexpert.com and see if they can save you money right away? Thehomeloanexpert.com. Com, a great studio sponsor here on the Inside STL Podcast Network and the Tim McKernan Show, thehomeloanexpert.com. My sister's done business with Ryan, and I'm about to do business with Ryan on a refinance. It's thehomeloanexpert.com, the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. So, Jennings, you were setting the stage for what we are about to watch. I think it is the most anticipated Masters in my lifetime. You, uh, do you feel that way as well? I do. I, I think with, as I said earlier, the tremendous amount of world-class uh, players that are playing well and the fact that you've seen uh, Phil Mickelson have the success he's had uh, in the early portion of 2018 and obviously the difference in the return of Tiger Woods this time with all those things lining up. Um, I think it is for in my lifetime or since I've been covering it or following it. Uh, I mean, I've been waiting for weeks and, and we've still got to wait a couple of days, but my goodness, it's here. I, I think it's the, the most anticipated masters ever. I, I was down in, in, in Jupiter, Florida for a couple of months for spring training and spent some time, of course, at PGA national. And I got to know a few pros down there and we were talking about the state of the game. And it's my theory that the game, I don't know if it will ever experience, I don't know what circumstances would lead to it experiencing what it experienced 20 years ago with the Tiger boom and what happened, but that if you can have somehow Tiger in the mix on Sunday and the ultimate circumstance, him win, and be dueling with one of these names who for golf fans is a household name, but for the casual fan is not. And so I would include an, under that umbrella 
Justin Thomas. I think Jordan Spieth maybe got outside of the realm of the casual fan with his run, but I still would say Jordan Spieth, of course, was not at the level of Tiger. Jordan Spieth, uh, McElroy, um, even a Rom, Ricky Fowler would be ideal from his charisma and all the marketing goes on. If you have that, it would be the perfect storm for the game to experience a boom. Um, because you have the name that would bring a lot of people who otherwise would not be watching along with one of those names that many of us have been following for the last couple of years and then brings so many more people to the tent this weekend. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think that's that's the dream that everybody's thought in their mind. Can you imagine Spieth and Tiger standing on the par 312 tied <laughs> or or Mickelson and 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 uh, uh, D- uh, Dustin Johnson tied? I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. And and you know, you you, you can't create it. It's got to happen. But but the beauty of it here is with so many of these guys playing well and being on top of their game is that you get a sense that it's likely to happen, that we're likely to have something like that. That doesn't mean it will, but I mean, you know, Tiger brings that group of individuals that may only watch the Masters each year by his presence, and that will be in play this weekend. If he is in the top 20 going into the weekend, the boost that it gets is dramatic, and, and the amount of people. I mean, the 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 final round at the Bay Hill Invitational was watched by more, and that was during the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. The final round of the Bay Hill Invitational was watched by more people than three of the four major championships last year. So whether you like him or not, there is absolutely no denying that his game, when he's in the mix, it brings in people that wouldn't be there. And if we have a great moment, it just enhances it. And uh, that's what the, you know, if if the business side of golf were as healthy as the playing side on the PGA Tour, we'd be having a lot of parties out at Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, was, when I was covering the Honda Classic, one of the things that I noticed, and this is kind of golf inside baseball, but I think the audience will appreciate this because perhaps they notice it, and if they don't, now, they'll, now they will notice it this week. When I was covering it, it was the first time I had really – quote-unquote, covered it and gone in and, and asked players questions and had a credential and the whole thing uh, on a regular basis after each round. When Tiger got in the mix, which surprised everybody, that's kind of the tournament that began it because going into that tournament, it's like, oh, I hope he makes it to the weekend. That'd be cool. But And then all of a sudden, since then, now he's, you know, at one point became the favorite to win the Masters. But all of the questions that, for example, Jason Duffner, who was his playing partner on Saturday, was asked about uh, were about Tiger. All the questions that Daniel Berger, who was kind of lurking at one point, were asked was about Tiger. Sam Burns, who is at the time kind of a random, who has since surged and people now appreciate his game. He was Tiger's playing partner on Sunday. It's all he was asked about. Justin Thomas, PGA Tour Player of the Year. It's all he was asked about. And I was thinking, because I hadn't covered these events, that I'm like, God, these guys have to just get annoyed with it because it's all they get asked about. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Sam Burns, for example, uh, you know, just played a bogey-free round on Sunday and actually, quote-unquote, outplayed Tiger, and and that's what he's being asked about. But they all they all handle it like they expect it, 
And and I saw Fred Couples, for example, on Monday uh, talking nothing but Tiger because he had just played a practice round with him. So that's something that you saw firsthand. Why do the players handle it the way they handle it? Is there an appreciation for what he did for the game, both for them financially and also for the fact that they love the game as much as they do and they're playing it, that they're like, yeah, this is, I guess, the toll, so to speak, to travel Tiger's turnpike? Absolutely. I think they they... Number one, as golfers, and many of the younger kids were tigerized, if you will. Yeah. I mean, that that was their guy. They started watching in 97 or 98. Um, the, the, the amount of money and interest that he brought to the game and that these guys are playing for now, along with the respect of how good and how dominant he was at different stretches. There's a ton of respect for him. I know the new book that's out uh, by Armin Katayan paints him in some ways that uh, you know are not very attractive in terms of the way he dealt with the regular person or whatever. But the the respect factor, I think, from golfers who have become professionals for what he did, how he played, and the money that they get to now play for is probably the biggest factor. I mean, they know it's coming. I mean, they know that if Tiger's in an event and they're getting interviewed, they're probably going to get asked a question about Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah, and they and they do handle it really well. Yeah, and, and I was I was I was like, oh God, I'm like, God, this is going to get awkward because at some point Duffner is going to say, Hey guys, you know, I went out and shot, <laughs> but but no, I mean, it's like he understands that's the program. It's just the way, and that's what the way ESPN's coverage, for example, is this week. It's all Tiger all the time and from the golf standpoint obviously you hope that he gets to the weekend even if you're not a fan of his just because it adds more attention to the game so with that all said what is your anticipation let's just start with tiger woods for tiger with his return to augusta in 2018 there is absolutely no reason based on what we have seen with this return and his health and the way he is swinging at the golf ball, that he doesn't have a chance. Uh, I mean, that I mean that he doesn't have a chance this week. He mm-hmm. clearly has a chance. I think the thing that'll be interesting um, is the driver again. And you'll hear people say, "Well, you know, you don't have to drive the ball perfectly at Augusta." No, you don't necessarily have to drive it perfectly at Augusta, but your misses need to be in 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 the right spot. And I think that will be the key for him. Again, the driver. I think he's got the course knowledge. He's got the various shots. He seems to be putting very well. It will be how he handles things off the tee on holes like 14 and 17, where placement and, and 5, where placement of the ball is so key. I expect him to be in the mix. And when I say in the mix, I expect him to be one of the 10 or 12 guys, barring somebody just running away, to be in the mix on Sunday. To me, there's just no reason or rationale to say, man, he got no shot, or you know, it's just he's just right. going to be going through the motions. That's not him. Um, I, I have a feeling he's going to have a chance going into Sunday. There are so many players who you could say, yeah, I could see, I could see him winning, and I don't yep. feel like that's that was necessarily the case in Tiger's time, so to speak. Um, do you, do you think that that is something that perhaps 
got overlooked at the time, or were those players actually at the same level as these guys, but Tiger was so dominant that we look back on them as kind of also rans? Tim, when the debate would arise on whether or not Tiger was the greatest or Jack was the greatest. And, you know, this was this was when it looked like Tiger was going to get to 18 or maybe 22 or whatever majors. My thing always was, and it's no offense to the Phil Mickelsons of the world um, or, or Padraig Harrington, who won his majors when Tiger wasn't playing, or Ernie Els, or Tom Lehman, or, or whomever it may be. But to me, Jet, the, the the elite competition that Jack faced, the Billy Caspers, the Arnold Palmers, the Gary Players, uh, you know, the Tony Jacklins, the Lee Trevinos, the Tom Watsons, uh, at the end, you know, the the, the Faldos. To me, the, the, the elite players that Jack played against were better than Tiger. Now, again, the depth was much different. I think a lot less guys could win golf tournaments when Jack was playing, and more could do it with Tiger. So the one thing I always tried to remind people, especially as somebody who believed Tiger would end up being the greatest player of all time at the time, was that to me the one thing you could say was that Jack played against more elite players than Tiger. But now you look at it, and the Tiger Woods that's playing against this group of guys, there's never been a time in golf ever where there's been this many world-class players. No way. I'm looking at the rankings um, for players. Again, this is with projections and all the, the nerdy uh, yep. algorithms that I use when when putting together all of my rosters, and, and what? Do, uh, let me ask you. You say the term algorithm. Uh-huh. What does that factor in? Well, I, I can you... I can rattle I can rattle it off uh, okay. because I because one of the questions I have for you is what would you what statistic would you weight most importantly? And I and I value your information because I'm putting together 200 rosters for God's sake. So I certainly will have some <laughs> diversification on this. So uh, long-term adjusted uh, round score, which means the average adjusted strokes per round over the past 75 weeks, the adjustments are made to account for the difficulty of the course and the strength of the field. Uh, long-term green and regulation, percentage of holes on which a golfer reached the green in at least two strokes less than par past 75 weeks. A long-term driving distance score, long-term driving accuracy score, course and field adjusted putts per round past 75 weeks. Uh, percentage of holes in which a golfer has avoided bogey or worse after their approach shot did not land in the green uh, past 75 weeks. And that's interesting because I I believe I saw a statistic this week, Jennings, that no one or only four golfers or something along those lines have won the Masters when they got a double bogey at all over the course of their four rounds. That strikes me as a really unique statistic, but but, uh, one that maybe I would pay attention to here now that I'm aware of that. Average strength of the uh, field in a golfer's tournament history based on Sagarin ratings. Higher percentages indicate the player primarily plays in stronger fields. Course and field adjusted eagles per tournament over the weeks. Course and field adjusted birdies per tournament over the last 75 weeks. Bogey count. um, And it it goes on and on. It includes weather, wind, recent driving accuracy score, recent driving distance score to see if somebody, for example, Justin Rose has been really hitting the ball further with, you know, bigger club speed. Uh, So all of these things come in, and and, and plenty more, of course, recent missed cut score. So with all of that said, of of all of those statistics, and then you you weight them differently, and then it spits out rosters for you, 
of all of those statistics, having seen Masters and having known what that course takes out of a player, what do you value the most? And also, you were talking about it when you were on the Ryan Kelly Morning After earlier this week, uh, the weather factor, and if that's something that you take into account. The, the, the two things I think that are key are proximity to the hole and the, the putting statistics. There's certainly, I mean, you can make the case that a player with distance has an advantage anywhere they play. But there's so many guys now that I don't know that it definitely makes a difference at Augusta. In 97, it most certainly did for Tiger Woods. Today, I don't know if the dominance... Now, I say that, and you look at a guy like Bubba Watson, who, when he's on, has kind of owned Augusta. Um, So I don't say totally discounted, but I think proximity to the hole... uh, You know, Spieth last week was putting on a show with his irons and struggling with the wand until really on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and I remember my buddy Skip Berkmeyer texting me on, on Sunday morning, goes, look at the proximity to the hole for speed. And, you know, you got to take... So Where do you go and see that, by the way? Where do you guys go and find that statistics? I'd love to know on, on the PG, It's on the PGA Tour. Each They update it each day. If you go to stats, they update... Uh, they, they've got about 20 categories that they update. So, you know, that's the thing that maybe for those guys that like to make a play in the final round, uh, or on the final day, you, you might look at that. I, I've never been a giant statistics guy, but I do notice that there are trends. And one of the things that I think is, especially at the Masters, is previous success and a little bit of a history of previous success. I, I get the sense that, it, and I think it's four point one years or maybe 3.8 masters is when you know the next one it seems like your fourth one you may play the best you know the golf course yeah. you're a little more comfortable um so i i utilize that and i think you have to look at recent success i don't mind 75 weeks because it gives you a huge uh, basis to look at things, but I think, especially now, the last six to eight weeks away a guy has been playing is is very important to me. This statistic, uh, that, uh, there's there are a number of websites I read, and they're they're all different in the sense that what they're focusing on, and so on and so forth. But just to give you an idea of yep. uh, five fantasy experts on this site that I'm looking at right now, which statistic other than strokes gained, T to green, are you weighing the most? One guy said three. Three of the five interviewed said par five scoring. One said total driving, and one said greens and regulation. So par five scoring got sixty percent of the votes. What do you think the reason for that is, and do you also feel value par five scoring? I again, things have changed so much as you mentioned with the with the DFS um, because of the scoring. And you do have two tremendous opportunities, obviously, at 13 and 15 for Eagles. And, you know, you might have a guy finish second in the event that didn't make any Eagles, a guy that finished fifth in the event, and he ends up he makes four Eagles, mm-hmm. and he, he gets more points. So that's the one thing as I've learned. You know, when I first started doing the fantasy stuff, it was a fantasy. Oh, I love this guy. I'm going to put him in. I like the, But, you know, that's why, that's why it seems like 
the people that continue to have success with the daily fantasy stuff are the ones that are working it. So I do understand why that would be a key factor. And one of the things that we have seen, Timmy, uh, really since uh, 2010, they've tried to start to put the roars back in the back nine and see some of those eagles uh, on 13 and 15. So I can understand why that's a huge factor. You mentioned the weather. This golf course, like many, but I think it's enhanced here, when there is a chill in the air, when it is under 60 degrees and there's a little wind, this golf course plays different. The balls react different on the fairways. They react different on the greens. And I think, you know, with that forecast for Saturday, I think the people that are, are, you know, are spending, you know, a lot of money to put teams in, I don't see how you can discount uh, the forecast and the weather because it makes the golf course, in my mind, two, two to three shots tougher each day. So then what, knowing, that, knowing that that forecast is bad for Saturday and there's no way to color it, it it's bad. Uh, Sunday isn't great, but Saturday of the four days is bad. What then do you focus on if you're looking to whether bet on a golfer or you're looking from a daily fantasy sports standpoint as what to take into consideration outside of how a golfer plays in the rain and and how a golfer plays in the wind, although the wind doesn't look like it's going to be a monster factor, maybe 13-mile-an-hour winds? And I do see that they've brought it up to 77 degrees, so maybe it's more going to be thunder stuff. Yeah. But when you look at that morning of 42, uh, that's that's a cold temperature. But, you know, if there is rain, Tim, I think ball striking, you know, I, I said Doug made me laugh on the Ryan Kelly morning after when he said, well, I can all strike the ball well. <laughs> well, he's right. He's right. But there are truly guys that strike it better than others. And, um, you know, I think that's a factor. You know, it's not like a horse race where you can look at guys that have necessarily done well in the past in the mud or in in wet track conditions. I mean, I I think you're looking at guys that hit it crisp and maybe the the Euros. Um, They 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 certainly play in in clement weather more than we do in the United States. So the Justin Roses, the Paul Casey's, uh, got Rory McIlroy. I mean, I think that, you know, not that it's, it changes your total opinion of the tournament, but I think that probably is a factor. Who are guys that maybe play decent on Thursday and Friday? You know, maybe you're in the top 15 or 20, and maybe the scoring's a little tougher on uh, Saturday, and uh, these guys are able to keep themselves in it going into the final round. I'm anxious to see how they handle Saturday. At least right now, the forecast has 90% call for afternoon rain. Uh, 77 high, 42 low. Sunday, for the record, a 10% chance of precipitation, 66 degrees high, 52 degrees on the low. So let me ask you this before we go to the uh, the money shot of the whole thing here, which is your yep. picks. Contrarian play, a value play that you could see making a run. Because the, the, we expect the leaderboard with the depth of talent, and this being the Masters, the leaderboard is going to have big names. But as far as a contrarian play or two, a value play or two, where are you going? Well, I'll tell you what I did with in my little DraftKings taste. Um, I mentioned earlier a guy that uh, um, you know is kind of in his fourth or fifth Masters, who you know is a good player, but not considered a world beater. 
and you know, it's hard for me to believe I'm going to say this name, but it's because of the DraftKings environment, I think, that I'm doing it. And that's Charlie Hoffman. Hmm. I mean, this is a guy I wouldn't He led pick. for two rounds last year, didn't he? He was, he was certainly at, near the top of the leaderboard all, all week. At, Absolutely, and I think that's a big factor for a guy like that. I, you know, I've been sick. I've been watching all of the Masters since 1968, final round. They're available on YouTube for free. I think it's a really cool thing that the Masters did. Um, and and I've been watching those final rounds, and it's amazing how a lot of times guys like Weiskopf and Ed Sneed um, and, and obviously Freddie seemingly are always in been there. And when you look at Hoffman, this is his fifth Masters. He finished tied for 27th, tied for 9th, tied for 29th, and then he had the lead after the opening round last year, faltered in the final round with a 78, but finished tied for 22nd. So, so I mean, there's a guy that, and and I just pick, I I don't think he's going to win, but I do think he could sneak around and hang around and get a top five or, or ten and be one of those guys that's a value play as it relates to fantasy. Yeah, you got to have you got to have you gotta those have guys. Them. You got to yeah. have those guys. All of this is made possible by our sponsors. Without our sponsors, we got nothing, Jack. That's the reality. And James Carlton and the James Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency has been with us from the very beginning. They took a bet. We're grateful that they did make that bet six-plus months ago now with the Tim McKernan Show uh, and the Cat Chat on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Great stuff from James Carlton. He truly gets it, and that's why his business continues to grow. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. The number, 314-961-4800. Uh, Jim Hayes of the Cat Chat and I have visited his offices. And honestly, I thought, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll come over to your office. You know, I mean, I have an office. I don't really know if you really want to see it. But the reason he wanted us over at our office, his office was because he has a huge staff. And you really don't see that with insurance agencies. But he has a huge staff because he doesn't want anybody who call calls him to ever get voicemail. He wants them to talk to somebody directly. It's an old-school mantra from a younger guy, but he gets it, and that's really important to people. And that's why the customer service reviews at James Carlton Insurance are so positive and so enthusiastic. 314-961-4800. 314-961-4800. It's James Carlton, your State Farm Insurance agent and sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show. All right. Now, with that said, and if you could do it in reverse order, your top three finishers for the 2018 Masters. So we go three, then two, then one. I am anxious to hear what you got. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there's 50 guys that you could say. Um, There really is. But I'm going to go with... I'm going to leave Tiger out of this top three, and I'm going to say Phil Mickelson. Um, he, watching him and the way he has re-elevated his game and the way he is as a person right now. And, uh, you know, somebody joked with me the other day, if he's got a putt to win on the 72nd hole, do you think he'll miss it so he can wait and win it to Shinnecock? <laughs> I said, no, he's not going to miss it. If He would love to get another jacket. And I think the course knowledge, Tim, is such a factor there. And he loves it. And, and 
Again, he played like he shot 67 in the final round in Houston. Um, you know, he likes playing before a major, and I'll make him my number three. Um, and, and keeping the theme with the left-handers, um, watching Bubba Watson play his final seven or eight holes in the final match at the Dell match play and seeing him get the win earlier. There's something about Bubba and Augusta. Now, I've also been seeing a lot of people are saying just throw him out. And that's usually what you do with Bubba. Either he's in or he's out. I don't know why you could think he'd be out with the way he's played and the way he drives the golf ball. And he seems to be putting well. Uh, a two-time champion who seems to always be going, you know, either either is going to be uh, in the top five going into Sunday, or or he may not even be there. Yeah, he might not even Saturday. make the cut. Yeah. yeah. So 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 now that you, you said Mickelson three, Bubba two, I both those plays I totally can get on board with. You, you're saying you're not going with Tiger. You didn't say it. I don't believe anyway when you were on the Ryan Kelly morning after who you were picking with, and so I'm going to try and guess who you're going with based on everything that you have said. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to make a play on your going with Rory. I'm between two, Rory and Spieth. Um, and, and here's the thing about Spieth. <clears throat> I, I watched him play that final round at, at Houston. And he finally started to look comfortable with the putter. But he didn't have a lot of those. When when he starts just making the 20-footers like they're tap-ins, it seems like he's making the 7- to 12-footer a lot. Mm-hmm. And he didn't make a lot of those. So I, I'm going to... I'm going to go, Rory. I, I, you know, the opportunity for the Grand Slam, it's been an interesting 16 months for him. A lot been going on in his life. Got married. Um, that can change a guy. The fact that he showed he had been, he, he's been playing more toward form. Um, just leads me to believe that uh, the little Irishman may may get it done this weekend. I mean, it's again, Rom could win. Dustin Johnson, Dustin Johnson, come out and shoot four sixty sixes and say, "Okay, guys, I see it's Shinnecock." <laughs> I mean, that that's how good he is. I mean, but I just think that, and I think Spieth will play well. I do, but I have a sense that. You know, we've kind of had three or four years, Tim, where we've had Jason Day and Spieth and Dustin Johnson and uh, Justin Thomas, and Rory's kind of been, you know, a little bit in limbo. And I just get a sense that this week he may put it all together and and, uh, get the career grand slam. I am glad that I handicapped that properly, that you're on Rory. I was kind of throwing the dart there, but based on everything that you were saying, I felt like he matched up with many of the things that you were mentioning. And and I'm glad you did also because my action is on Spieth, uh, and part of it is based on, of course, the success he's had at that golf course. I think nothing less than either a T11 or T12, and, of course, he's won it. I mean, he just he's just been so good there and the way he played in the final round on Sunday in Houston. I don't like it from a DraftKings standpoint because now you'll have more people on him than you would have had he not played well. And part of being successful at DraftKings is is the game theory of going against the grain, which then brings me to uh, another player that I'm on as far as the top three goes, and that's Paul Casey. Also, uh-huh. you yes, like that? I love that. You I like love that. hearing that. You, you like that? And Paul Casey, at least taking a look at the sites that I use for for putting rosters together, Paul Casey 
is only second to Dustin Johnson as far as projected ownership. That really surprised me. I figured Spieth would be all over the place, maybe some Justin Thomas and Rory, but it is actually Paul Casey. And I think that's just because people don't necessarily expect him to win. They just expect him to be there, and he seems like he always is there. Of course, he won at the Valspar, uh, fending off Tiger's late charge. And then my final play, and this is truly about game theory, and going against what I think logic would tell you at this point, just because he's played so poorly on weekends, and that's Ricky Fowler. He was mm. he was lurking last year, faded again on the back nine. He killed it the first two days in Houston this past week, fell apart in particular on Saturday. What, he had a four-putt from 12 feet away? Um, it was it, It's something else, what goes on with him, which now makes sense why Johnny Miller kind of dogs him uh, regarding his weekend play. And I really would like to see him get it. And just from a standpoint of one of the great players who I don't think there'll be a lot of action on, I'll put Ricky in there. But if I had to pick who I think is going to win, and I'm surprised by as many people who are saying it, uh, because I thought this would kind of be one that would fly under the radar, even though it strikes you as obvious, but it's because he hasn't played great this year, I'm going with Jordan Spieth. So we're on the same page in the Spieth-McElroy category. I'm just going with Spieth, and you're going with uh, Rory. And I could, you know, and 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 there's reasons for both. And, and like you said, I, I think you're right. Spieth will be up a little bit in terms of the 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 number of times, you know, the percentage drafted. But let me tell you something, Casey. I used on every one. Now I don't do as many as you, right? But I mean, you look at. I mean, this is a guy that finished tied for sixth, tied for fourth, and sixth last year. His his last. Let's see, one, two, three. Four, five. His last five final rounds at Augusta all have been under par. I mean, wow. you know, uh, this is a guy that, you know, unless you're a Euro uh, or a real golf geek, you're not, you know, you're, who's, you know, Paul Casey isn't a guy that stands out to you. I think he's got a huge chance. I mean, this may be a case where, again, he's a little younger than O'Meara was when O'Meara won the, the two majors in 1998. But, you know, this is a guy, he and Justin Rose, you just wonder why they don't win more. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that Casey, uh, you know, got his his first non his first stroke play win uh, in the states is unbelievable. Yeah, Justin Rose is another one that I I am. I mean, there's it's, it's hard not to let me let me let me ask this question then along those lines. Final question because I got to let you go. It, of the big names, who's one that you would fade? Who's the name that you would fade? Who's the name that you are fading? For example, I mean, and I'm just rattling them off just for the audience's sake because I know for us it might be at the top of our minds, but. Uh, whether it be Rose, Spieth, Casey, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Sergio, Day, Mickelson, Rahm, Woods, Fowler. I think that'll pretty much cover the, the big boys there. I mean, if you want to include Matsuyama in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, hey, Sir, let me tell you, Sergio. Bubba, Watt, Bubba Watson. Sergio could come out and, and play really well. The guy that I kind of wonder about, and and I was really disappointed in his performance at the match play, was Rom. Well, really, you look at Rom and Dustin Johnson. I mean, Rom by the second day looked like he would much rather be uh, at Applebee's. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he looked like he did not want to be in Austin, Texas. Um, but you know, Jason Day, I just I know how good a fine person he is, but it always seems to be like something is just off. So those 
those are the now, now watch it'll probably be day and Rom in a playoff <laughs> but, but those are the two guys that 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 I'm watching out for and then I'm looking at a picture right now Matt Kuchar I mean you know what what are the chances he won't finish in the top 10 he's, he's just a T10 wizard that's what he does he he made somebody a million dollars last year everybody's focusing of course on Rosen Garcia he made somebody a million dollars on DraftKings with his hole in one on 16 that was uh I'm sure you made go. somebody the cash. Jennings, I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I can't wait to talk it over with you throughout the week and then you wrapping things up on Monday. Enjoyed it, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. I always love doing it. Thank you. There he is, Jay Randolph, Jr. Tim McKernan show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network, talking it over with Jay Randolph, Jr., Masters Preview, also giving some perspective on the Augusta experience from the HomeLoanExpert.com studio. So there it is. Who are you going with? I'm on Spieth, but I also am going to be on uh, on Fowler and Paul Casey as well. But listen, I'm putting together 200 rosters, so I'm going to be on everybody. It's just a matter of how much exposure I have percentage-wise to each player. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy the podcast as a whole. If you would, leave kind reviews on iTunes, five-star reviews and compliments. It helps the business. Listen to the cat chat as well. Swope's Picks is wonderful on the Inside STL Podcast Network. We have new interviews up for you every Monday on the Tim McKernan Show. Jimmy the Cat Hayes has new interviews up every week, and we have questions from the audience or a specialty podcast like this one on the Masters. Thank you to Ryan Kelly and the HomeLoanExpert.com team for the sponsorship of the studios. Thank you to Gateway Buick GMC for their sponsorship and also, of course, James Carlton and everybody at the James Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. I'm Tim McKernan for John Seymour, Nick Yale, and Jay Randolph Jr. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. <laughs> 